The World Economic Forum is telling us that it's going to take another 217 years for gender equality to reach the workplace, to truly reach the workplace. How is that possible? 217 years to wait? No, I'm here with Nargis Hillel, sitting in Geneva, and we're here to talk a little bit about how we can speed up that process. Nargis, welcome. Thank you, Camille. Thank you, Green Exchange, for having me. Let's, uh, let's do a mixtape together. As women, we're always judged. When you decide to stop working and take care of your kids, people will judge you. When you decide to work and have kids, you'll be labeled a bad mom. And when you decide to prioritize your career over your personal life, you'll be perceived as selfish. At work, when a woman is assertive, she's aggressive. And when she shows empathy, she's too emotional. As, we As women, we're always judged. But the soft skills are totally omitted and not always well accepted. The soft skills are totally omitted and not always well accepted. And not always well accepted. And not always well accepted. Welcome, we're here. It's already a big party here uh, where we're sitting because the music is pumping and we're here to talk about gender equality. Let's make it a happy topic, right? Definitely. It, it is. It is. <laughs> so I'm going to introduce you just uh, very quickly. You are uh, an author, you're a professor, you're a speaker, and you're a mother, last but not least. Right? Definitely. And uh, yeah, very happy that we can talk about this topic um, because it's urgent. Much more urgent than 217 years to wait. You wrote a book that we're showing here on the video version of the mixtape. It's called Women's Essential Box for the Corporate World. And this is where your background is in the, in the corporate world. Uh, you're going to tell us a little bit more about this. Maybe. Um, Maybe starting with yeah, how this came about. Like you, from your career in the in the corporate world, you started to notice an issue. <laughs> Can we say like this? Tell, tell me more. Actually, I never thought I'd write a book. So I spent 15 years in the corporate world, mainly working in big multinationals, you know, all over the world, and. Um, Recently, I decided when I quit my last job, I decided to start writing. Never thought, you know, that I, it will become a, a book. But I was just writing about the things, you know, that I was feeling about women in the corporate world because this is something I've always been passionate about. And um, I just wanted to share my experience, the experience of my female colleagues as well. And, um, and then it became this book. Right. And um, I realized over my career that we were facing the same issues with my female colleagues, but we couldn't really talk about it. Right. And um, I wanted to share it with other women, to say that those things, they 
happen to all of us. But there are also things that we don't necessarily know about, like rules that we're not aware of and we learn the hard way. Yeah. So just to make it easy for them. Yeah. Because the corporate world has definitely rules and uh, is a man's world. Yeah. Things are changing and uh, fortunately, but I believe that we still need a toolbox, you know, to help us kind of navigate. That's what I really like about this is that you remade it a toolbox and, yeah. and you, you picture and describe situations that are very familiar to many. This mixtape is as much for men as for women. <laughs> I mean, you know, those situations we're very familiar with. And the problem is that on the men's side, we don't really uh, realize there's a problem or it's like it's so embedded in, in society. So uh, male listeners, please stick around. <laughs> Um, we're going to um, listen to a track and then talk a little bit about where you're coming from and, and how, uh, how you went about writing this book because I'm sure it was not such an easy decision to get started. Okay, shut up!
Now, just we're going to start at the beginning. Um, what's what's the problem? What are some of the the, the the behavior that you picked on during your career in multinational companies? Because that's mainly where you operated, right? Um, around the world. What are some typical situations where you said, no, that's wrong, uh, whether the, 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 the women is not uh, taking the right position or the right approach on the situation, the men is not. What are some of the, let's say, top three, four scenarios that are just like, ah. So it's interesting because it's not like um, there is one issue. There are several issues, um, the structure itself, the way the corporate world has been built, and it was built by men for men, and then women slowly entered, you know, um, this um, this environment. But it's also women who not necessarily, basically, um, they don't stand up, they don't raise their voice, they feel guilty, and this is also impacting their behavior. And uh, so, with this book. Um, I'm talking about the rules that we women do not necessarily know because it's more of a man's world. And that's the first chapter of the book. It's a man's world. Mm. Um, but also other things that are really related to us women on like, for example, raising our voice or like a stupid anecdote. You know, you're in a meeting and then you have, you want to build on the idea or on the topic and then you end up raising your hand. And I realized myself I was doing that. And then at a certain point of time, I'm like, look, I'm not in a... No one is raising your Exactly. Uh, yeah. And I'm not in a school, basically, class, you know? So there is no teacher. So if I have an idea, I just say it. And, uh, and I realized also a lot of my female colleagues, you know, were doing this. And sometimes you're like, okay, I'm not really sure about this idea. So if I'm not 100% sure, you know, I'm not going to raise right. it up. Right. And then you realize, you know, two minutes later that somebody else is does and uh, it's not probably as smart as your idea but it's just about having more confidence also as women but also learning the um, the, the rules because corporate world I mean it's it's not about yes it's everyday life but it's also about you know made a best player win right. at the end because it's a bit of a pyramidal structure so at a certain point of time it's like you might be friend with someone but then you compete with the same person right to be promoted so it's then it's the jungle yeah absolutely so and, and that's what i re really like uh, in the way you write the book like first the writing style is very like snappy and to the point and it's it's sort of uh, motivational, but it, it tells the truth. Like it's not here to to tell yeah. you like uh, to, to to keep you in your comfort zone. And um, each chapter is kind of independent, so you you don't need to read it maybe in the in the in the order. But you know, for instance, you have a chapter called "Don't trust anyone." <laughs> uh, your colleagues are not your friends. Oh, who cares what they think? Mm -hmm. Don't gossip. Don't fall for flattery. Uh, oh, so I like you, that one. Yeah, we're going. I, I cannot <laughs> wait to dig into it. But and it's it's like you can just you know something happened today. Yeah, you can just refer to the proper uh, chapter. Uh, that's that's really good. And uh, oh, I have much more to ask. <laughs>
to do something that we never did at Green Exchange, <laughs> which is uh, Always first. We're, yeah, we're, we're going to, to to put ourselves in a in a situation like just go through a scenario, okay? Okay, come so, in. So I'm going to be the the, the corporate male profile, the one <laughs> we're trying to eradicate, you know, like that kind, and you're going to be the. Well, first let's let's do the maybe the the, the don't situation, and then we do the do situation. Okay, that's <laughs> so um, let's talk about gratification. So you you I'm in my office like this. The door is open because good managers have their door open, right? I heard kind of okay. Um, and like now, just you're you're passing by back from yes, a, a meeting. Yeah, you want to talk to me? Yeah, sure. Um, I just wanted to say that. Um, I just wanted to say great job on the marketing campaign. Like it's really paying off. Uh, the boss is happy, and uh, yeah, I think the whole team can see what you have done. And you know, you're starting to prove yourself. It's it's good. So I just wanted to tell you. Oh wow! Thank you, thank you. I'm very happy to hear that. So that's the don't. That is the don't. <laughs> don't do this at home. Let me do the do now. Okay. Okay. So we oh. do again. Um, now just great job. You know, I I. I had no real expectation. I didn't know what to expect, but good job on that marketing campaign. Thank you. I'm very happy to hear that. So then we can talk about the promotion, you know? Because the promotion? Yeah. We've uh, yeah. talked about the promotion and ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my phone is ringing. Um, I'll, I'll I'll be in touch. Like let's let's have lunch together someday. Okay, I will definitely book a meeting, you know? So yeah. it's not going to be someday. It's going to sure. be next week. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is good. I mean, I'm sure we, we are, we're playing it and we're laughing about yeah. it. It's not funny, actually. No, no, no. I've been through that. Trust me, it's not funny. And right. I, it's very difficult, you know, to, to ask for things because 
what the message is that um, don't fall for flattery, meaning, uh, yeah, you've done an excellent job, but we're in a corporate world. So you need basically to get the gratification and the reward. Yeah. So the promotion, more yeah. like more exposure, something, you yeah. know, but you need to ask for it. And don't expect people just to look or to to just uh, see what you do. Yeah. You have also to 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 trade. Yeah, but also kind of show off a little bit, you know, yeah. about the things you do. Yeah. It's it's very important. It's not called showing off, but in the corporate world, it's exposure. Yeah. Give exposure to yourself and be proud of it. Yeah. And don't be shy, you know, to talk about your yeah. achievements. Do you think like this, uh, so this book and this topic is very hot right now. There is, you know, it's in the air, right? The, the, the whole, well, um, feminism uh, topic and, and gender balance in the workplace, but also in politics and so on. Like, do you feel like this came or was it easier to take that step because of the era we, we live in? Or how, how do you feel about that? In my case, it was not that easy. The writing the book came naturally, um, but it took me six months to decide basically if I wanted to publish it or not. Because at the end, you're still talking about something that doesn't make everyone comfortable. And even if, yes, a lot of people, you know, are talking about it, media are putting it, you know, uh, in the headlines, etc. But at the same time, when you're sharing your own experience and the real, basically, anecdotes that happened to you, It's not that easy because people don't necessarily want to talk about it. So, of course, it helps and it helped me a little bit. It kind of reassured me that I'm doing the right thing, you know, sharing it. But I was very scared myself. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, uh, it's like companies, you know, are not going to hire me anymore because right. I'm That's saying the things, you. you know, That's as they are. And then I said to myself, oh, come on, if those companies don't want to hire me, I don't want to work for them neither. But it will open the door for other companies that will want, you know, people that are raising their voice and then I'll want to work with them.
So we have prepared another situation now <laughs> for you listeners. If you're, if you're um, watching on YouTube, you can see the, the video version of this uh, situation, which includes uh, like a, uh, a real uh, background, like in a, in a studio where here we're going to do the business trip situation. So here the whole crew just moved the background to a, to a plane, uh, right, right to, uh, let's say we're going to Singapore. And uh, I'm your male colleague, um, and uh, we're sort of maybe getting to know each other a little bit more or small talking around the business trip. And I'm telling you, you have twin boys, you told me. Uh, this is true, they're three and five. Or, and yeah, three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. And um, yeah, and um, we, um, so now I'm telling you, okay. Now she's great. Like I'm excited about this event, and I mean, how how do you yeah. do it? Like you travel so much. Like who is taking care of your kids? Um, so I have help, and my husband actually is taking care of the kids. And what about you? Who's taking care of your kids? <laughs> oh, it's it's my wife. She doesn't work, so it's okay. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know. Everybody is making us feel guilty when we work as women, and trust me, we're. We're always guilty as well, you know, ourselves. Um, you always feel guilty. Sorry, feel guilty yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, when I, I used to travel a lot, and uh, it's something that I used to hear a lot. Mm. Um, and um, it was not easy to travel at least 50 to 60% of the time um, and to leave my kids. Um, but at the same time, I was feeling guilty because I was probably not traveling enough. Right. for the job but I was feeling guilty because I was leaving my kids and the people around you were making feeling were making yeah. you feel guilty so I want to I want, this is the, one of the chapter of my book that is that's called stop feeling guilty because um, the whole world will make you feel guilty but you shouldn't I think you should just follow what you feel like doing mm. if you want to work you work um, because if you don't work people will still Judge make you, you feel guilty right. and judge you, you know. Right, right. So just do what is right for you mm. and don't listen to the other people. That's right. another topic as well. Right. And uh, one topic that you, you talk about also that is very interesting is the, um, is the, um, uh, the fact that you are, um, through the education system, as a woman, you are equipped with all the technical knowledge uh, that you need to do the job, but there's no soft skill or there's no education on how you should tackle the corporate world as a woman. Actually, this is relevant for male and female. So um, the whole education system is um, preparing us and uh, building our technical skills, but not our soft skills. Mm. And if you look more into the corporate world, so you start, you execute at the big, at the bottom of the ladder. But the more you grow, it's based on your achievement, then people will promote you, but will give you people to manage. Mm. But you're not prepared and you're good technically, yeah. But what about your soft skills about managing people, which will take 50% of your time? Right. And I do see that a lot of companies fail to prepare their employees, both male and female, you know, to prepare them. And unfortunately, the schooling system is not helping either um, in building the soft skills, which are essential for the future to differentiate us from robots, you know? <laughs> right, and robots is definitely something we're going to talk about very soon, in, so stay tuned. Um, yeah, so now I understand why you wanted to, to teach this, actually, and to jump into 
being a professor yes. and speaker. Great. Yes, true. We teach girls to shrink themselves, to make themselves smaller. We say to girls, you can have ambition, but not too much. You should aim to be successful, but not too successful. Otherwise, you will threaten the man. Because I am female, I'm expected to aspire to marriage. I'm expected to make my life choices, always keeping in mind that marriage is the most important. A marriage can be a source of joy and love and mutual support. But why do we teach girls to aspire to marriage and we don't teach boys the same? We raise girls to see each other as competitors, not for jobs or for accomplishments, which I think can be a good thing, but for the attention of men. We teach girls that they cannot be sexual beings in the way that boys are. Feminist, a person who believes in the social, political, and economic equality of the sexes. You wake up, post up, round round in it, blossing on it. This diamond, my diamond, this rock, my rock. I woke up like this, I woke up like this. You got it by you got it by now. Uh, we selected songs. It's Helene. I I thank Helene Helene for this. I selected songs that have to do with women empowerment. Uh, yeah, just girls so power. Girls power <laughs> standing up. It's every day at Green Exchange because everyone knows that Helene is actually ruling the house and she's sending me around doing all those interviews. Hi, <laughs> she's sitting comfortably in this you know leather chair. Just. <laughs> She stopped cigar, though she stopped smoking cigar. But okay, um, we're going to talk about robot and futurism and, and technology, artificial intelligence, because uh, that's a topic that's um, that's close to you and that you, uh, yeah, you, you care about. And you're going to tell me what it has to do with women empowerment and uh, gender equality in the workplace or in, in society. So you started basically this interview by talking about the 217 years of the World Economic Forum. And, um, and yeah, in 217 years, when we'll reach full equality according to the WEF, what will be the structure of the workplace? And uh, that's what I was thinking about when I did my TEDx and, um, and I started 
you know, looking at the future and artificial intelligence, we have no clue what the future is going to bring. But we definitely need to probably be more involved as women because all the decisions or all the big tech and AI companies are ruled by men. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are fighting, you know, in the corporate structured world as we know it today to have our place and our space as women. But how will it be, you know, even in 30 years? Right. So just if you live in a cave, uh, for listeners <laughs> who, who are not really aware of what artificial intelligence is about and how quick it's coming. Um, basically, we're, we're playing catch up with technology and, and algorithms are becoming more and more powerful, are implemented into, uh, well, more and more device. So you, you heard, I'm sure, of the self-driving cars. You know, the number one job on the planet is driver. And in the near future, this job is not going to be uh, useful anymore. So we're talking about major job market disruptions and um, and uh, a lot of decisions need to be made on how we're going to use artificial intelligence, what it can do or not, what's right, what's not right. Mm. And what you're saying is that we don't want those decisions to be made only by men. True. We want more women into the discussion. Unfortunately, there are not enough girls in the STEM, hmm. um, in the STEM um, like uh, schools. So STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. Things are changing. You see more and more girls, you know, entering those fields. Um, but we should have more women. Uh, of course, it will take time. It will yeah. take a generation or two, or two, you know, to equalize the balance. However, we already need today to make sure that women are into the discussions around the table of artificial intelligence. Yeah, I would actually feel more comfortable on this to give the decision-making power to only women. <laughs> Thank but, you. <laughs> but uh, that's not, but not, I'm not for sure me to decide. I'm not sure a lot of male, you know, would agree with you. <laughs> yeah, and it's not for me to decide anyway.
Okay, so I cannot recommend this book enough. This is not a, a promotional show where we get paid to, you know, it's it's just so important. Um, I I keep reading the the chapter titles. I should re absolutely read this. Uh, men should read this uh, oh, yeah. also to 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 understand what's going on. Um, so through your career, you probably started, you know, with the. the the typical mistakes in the in the corporate world, or you you probably found yourself um, making those mistakes, and all the way up to that point where you're writing that book, and now you're helping uh, women in companies um, sort of well uh, develop that that toolkit and apply it. And I'm very curious to well to understand what happened in you and what what you learned about yourself what are some of the sort of typical mistakes that you you were making and and maybe what was the tough nut to crack like what is the the, the skill that was so hard to to get maybe a couple of examples yeah i have so many stories <laughs> um the one to crack probably for me was the one about your colleagues are not your friends. Um, I'm someone who's an extrovert and I usually like, you know, like the social bounding, etc. Getting and working well and getting on well with my colleagues and in the working environment. Mm -hmm. But um, the thing is that um, you tend sometimes to think that this is a friend, so there will be some loyalty that you expect, but actually no, mm. it's a colleague. And then you get hurt, and then basically you learn it the hard way. Mm. Um, at the end, I mean, the objective is not to be an extreme and not have friendships, but there are limits and there are things that you still need to keep, you know, as your secret garden. Um, but um, what... Um, I'd like to share two stories, you know, uh, that might sound funny now, but they were not on the spot. Uh, first one was very early in my career. After my first job, uh, I was interviewing for a second job. I was working at Shell. I quit Shell and then um, Shell. And then I was uh, interviewing for a big uh, French uh, company, multinational that I would not name. We you cannot know. name. We cannot. No, no, no. We cannot um, but... Um, I had to meet basically the HR director. I was in Geneva at that time and I had to meet the guy in Lyon. So I took the train and I had to meet him, you know, in a coffee place in, uh, in, um, in this train station. And I go through the interview. I was absolutely fitting the job. You know, that was right. pretty much what yeah, I was that's doing. For me. And, um, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, and then in the middle of the interview, the guy looks at me and, and he says, but I just want to know, what are you doing here? Uh, I just didn't get it, you know, and I was, I don't know, 23 at that time, so right. pretty young, you know, so you're just there, you're a bit intimidated, and then you're like, 
um, I didn't say anything. And then he's like, yeah, I don't understand. Basically, you're young, you're pretty. I mean, you could just go and get married. And I was like, uh, you know, my jaw just fought. And I was like, seriously, I just could not speak. I didn't say anything. And then he kept on going, you know, with the interview. And then, of course, when I left on the train back, I found like thousands of answers I could tell him, but it was right. way too late. Right. But at the same time, I knew I didn't have the job. I didn't get it. Um, but you see, it's those little things that you're like, okay, I've learned it the hard way, so I need to get ready. And that's why I also wanted to write this book, you know. So is it that now in the same kind of situation, you, you know so well all the scenarios or, oh, yeah. or all the, the things that can happen <laughs> that you have like the, 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 ri the, the rifle on the shoulder ready to shoot, right? And you have your, your, your punchlines. And... No, uh, yeah, no rifle, I would say. It's more like the... Um, um, A bow? <laughs> something more elegant, you know, and more feminine, I would say. No, the objective is not to be aggressive. No, but, but you're, you're to, ready to go. Exactly. Yeah. And also, you're, you, you build a tough skin. The other one, the other story that um, was pretty striking as well was the one of... Um, a female colleague, and I have a chapter on uh, queen bees, you know. Um, what is a queen bee? What do you call a queen it's, bee? It's um, a woman who's usually tougher with her female, you know, colleague or subordinates than with the male ones. Um, and ah, okay. um, and uh, I had this colleague that I had to work on this project, uh, but she was... Um, a woman uh, older than me at that time, I was 25, I still remember. And then she stopped, um, she stopped showing up, you know, for all the meetings. And I ended up finishing the project on my own, but I still wanted, I mean, I had to share credit with her yeah. anyway, but then I still wanted to have a, um, an explanation with yeah. her. Um, so I went to her and I'm like, hey, what's up? What happened? Why did you let me finish the thing? And she was like, because I thought you were a bimbo, but you actually have a brain. And I was like, oh my God, oh, because I like fashion. I like, you know, for me, right. I was not going to change myself. You know, I still wear dresses. I'm still a woman and I yeah. like being feminine. But for her, she was associating and not only for her, you know, I realized yeah. that for a lot of people, basically, if you like dressing up, etc. then you cannot have a brain, right. you know? And those are things that kind of, those were the two, one of the, two, like, some of the two striking stories that... So how, uh, how do you deal with this? Sorry, what did you say? Oh, how do you, how should you I deal with it? I didn't say anything again, I was 25, but mm. I, I tried, then in, after that, I tried to change myself, you know, kind of be more, a bit more masculine, you know, less myself so it you know you. Like you, of course, you, you of course that, yeah. because you feel that this is impacting the way people are looking at you then also working with you you know and it's impacting also your career and right. the, and then i've after i think probably yeah seven or eight years later i decided that i just wanted to be myself hmm. and i used it against people meaning that people will think that i'm brainless when i enter a meeting but then you catch them off guard so hmm. And then I was laughing about it at the beginning. It used to drive me crazy mm. because they all think I'm brainless. But then I used to, you know, they're more comfortable. They're easy. They don't expect you. Right. And and then that's they get they learn it, you know. So that's what I did. Cool.
shaking the house here and I have one more question um, I have many many more but I'm going to read the book as well so I just don't want to spoil everything um, but maybe now stepping back and talking about uh, back to this 217 years timeline that our good friends at the World Economic Forum uh, are giving us and our perspective that things need to change much much faster um, the workplace we said is going to change dramatically with with uh, technology and and um, uh, artificial intelligence. Um, the the job market is going to change. For now, like in the coming two, three, uh, let's say horizon five years, what are the the key battles, the the, the absolute priorities on? what we need to include in that in the system for things to change for the best? So I believe we need a little push of the system. So be it the corporate world or even the states. Um, I, I was not a supporter of quotas, but then um, I looked more, you know, at countries that have implemented quotas like Norway, etc. And actually it helps because um, 
you it takes people out of their comfort zone. It forces them to look at other profile, let's say, when you want to recruit. So quotas is basically like we want half male, half female profile. Exactly. Like those kind of numbers. Exactly. Yeah. So it pushes people to probably look at CVs they wouldn't even look at. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's a shift of the mentalities that will make mm. the big change happen. And this is taking a lot of time. I think it's... Right. One, if not two generations, things are changing because um, now this generation of millennials, uh, they've seen both their parents working, etc. So they, 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 for them, you know, it's normal yeah, right. and they could even, you see more also guys who want to take care of the kids and interestingly, they're facing the same issues we women are facing mm -hmm. because they're also being judged you know, for taking this position as well. And I've heard so many stories here in Geneva um, of uh, friends, you know, who have uh, partners who are taking, the male partners taking care of the kids and, you know, people judging. So it's the mindsets that we need to, yeah. to, to work on. This is, and keep on, of course, talking about it, but not pointing fingers. Absolutely not. It's not about saying you are doing this or no. It's just right. about talking about it, you know, lightly, um, in a serious way, but... Uh, Being honest um, about it, yeah. honest about the situations, because yeah. I, I think, like, also something I, I feel is that we have, as as male, those, those mechanisms, and, you know, I come from a Mediterranean family, I know I don't look like it, but um, <laughs> we we have those, you know, in the, in the family culture, or that you know it's it's in you and then you're like ah, what did i do now. what did yeah. i say like you you find yourself in those situations of just like that's not okay and so it's really hard to be honest about this and to say like no you cannot you know even the the, the joking and you know like it's it's uh, at school it's it's everywhere so also i think from an early age in the in the school system i think there's a lot of lot of work to, to yeah, do. Yeah, and it goes back to the soft skills because those are not technical things, you know, it's just about being open-minded, you know, like, uh, and not judging people, etc. And those are things like empathy, like emotional intelligence, those are things that we don't teach us at school. And, mm. uh, and yeah, I mean, of course, the parents can do that, uh, but uh, um, it would be great, you know, that... Uh, more more women more women head of states would yeah as well. role models as well that's a very good point you're raising because if we see more women you know in key leadership positions it enable it will enable the young girls to project themselves and say oh okay yes if i want i can right. do it too that's but a if, very important thing yeah it's like having role models role model okay oh yeah yeah so there's hope or, or oh definitely there's always hope you have to see the ha okay. the glass half full and not half empty otherwise you know <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I would like really to, to thank you for being with us and to thank you for all the things that you're doing. Uh, I think uh, many people are, are grateful. And uh, we'll put, of course, the, the link to uh, to your website and to where to buy the book. And, uh, you know, I'm going to confess mm -hmm. that I don't read books uh, or very, very few. I get my... Uh, let's say knowledge or inspiration or stories in other ways but this is so it's such an easy read <laughs> there's no images no images sorry I'm, but, I, but i think i'm going to be able to deal with it and it's no it's it's really an easy read and i am 
yeah, thanks for making this a toolbox. I think it's, that was very important. Thank you, Camille. Thank you, uh, Elaine. Thank you, Green Exchange, you know, for uh, this interview. And uh, I would like to also to thank Vincent and Stéphane and the Librairie de Lille because we're yes. here, you know, in this beautiful place where I've done my book signing and I just would like to thank yeah, them. Yeah, they, they, uh, they made us, they opened the door for us yeah. earlier <laughs> so we can have silence and a, a nice uh, book background. Uh, thank you, guys. And uh, yeah, well, well, we'll be back soon with more uh, green knowledge, inspiration, entertainment. Keep up the good work in the meantime.